All right. Hey. Cool. So, Neha, um, so I, I'm not, well, first of all, congratulations on the TED. Thank you. Thing. I think yeah. it was pretty amazing. I, I don't want to jinx it, and maybe I haven't read it recently, but like, that was the first time I heard like most of the people on Reddit actually being positive. About oh, I know. I know. Was, um, I know. I was pretty excited about that. Um, yeah. I'm really happy that uh, the Bitcoin Redditors found it uh, a good explanation. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so they're asking, are you going to do a blockchain primer first? Like, we so unfortunately we only have like twenty five minutes. Yeah. So I would suggest um, everyone watch Neha's TED, TED talk, talk, yeah, and that will give you a pretty good primer on all this stuff. And for people who have watched it, you can ask questions. But if you don't understand anything, something here, go go watch that. Um, and I think that you know we should probably dive into kind of some of the projects that you're working on um, yeah because I think you, you the, the medium post had a lot of a lot of stuff on it but yeah. I think, well first of all let's talk about the digital currency initiative right yeah. so so we, we started it what well, was like a year and a half or so ago right. and it had a lot to do with the timing of the Bitcoin foundation sort of having um, some some trouble and then some of the um, core developers like Vlad and Gavin and um, Corey um, needing a, a have a home yeah. and um, and and it's sort of being a timely thing to do so yeah. we, we sort of jumped and did that and Brian came and helped us um, uh, get it started and Jeremy had already been working with Dan and others on the um, Bitcoin Club which yeah. was to the how would you describe it? it was it was donated money to distribute to undergrads to yeah. sort of hack on wallets yeah and so that was sort of in the early sort of let's figure out what was going on days and I think the aspiration and the dream at the time was, you know, MIT, we've got economists and cryptographers and computer scientists and all these people. How can we draw on the academic uh, uh, power of MIT and the rest of the colleges and universities to contribute to Bitcoin? And I think what we were missing at the time was somebody to coordinate what we thought, I think, is actually the most important part, which is the research, right? Mm. And so and you came on about when? Uh, well, unofficially, I guess like a year ago, but yeah. officially, um, you know, a lot more recently than that. But um, yeah, a year and a half ago when you started the um, initiative, I didn't even know how Bitcoin worked. So I feel like in the past year, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've learned a tremendous amount and right. it's been really awesome actually. It's been really exciting. Yeah. So so the question is, is sort of, is it easier to teach an economist about Bitcoin or a, or a distributed <laughs> systems person about Bitcoin. I, uh, you know, I don't know because I still don't understand economics. So, <laughs> yeah. but the, and I think that's that's the the interesting thing about Bitcoin and the digital currency space is it's it's a tall and wide stack that's very deep in the yeah. core, right? And I, I think there are very few people who understand the whole stack. And yeah. you know, I mean, I think it so this trend sort of started probably in the '90s when. Digicash came out, mm -hmm. and so the old timers like Adam Back and others. I mean, and I wasn't as technical as those guys, but those of us who were around then yeah. have been dreaming for decades. So we sort of have been exploring the stack, but yeah. this time around we have something that actually works yeah. um, at scale, and I think it's really different. But just to finish it off, so so you joined, and recently we announced, I guess on Monday, yeah. that you're the director of research, yep. and I think um, you know, your background, um, and again. MIT, we're one big loving family, but <laughs> but you know each sort of school and lab has its own um, culture and its own network. And the fact that you come from the computer science and artificial intelligence 
and the engineering side of MIT I think is really important because we've had Simon Johnson, who's uh, an economist um, who's at Sloan, who's been all in, mm -hmm. and I think he's probably been the most engaged at scale. And we've been working sort of with students like Madaris is here and, mm -hmm. and, and others, but we haven't had, I think, as much interaction with the computer science side of MIT as I, I hope. And also the projects that we're working on. We have some really interesting courses and outreach and things like that, but I, I feel like we're still, um, there's, there's a lot we can do on, on, on development. So I'd be curious what you, you know, you put a bunch of projects on the meeting post. Yeah. What, what are you most excited about? Uh, what am I most excited about? Oh, that's hard. I can't, I can't pick yeah. the three things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think, okay, I can talk about three things I'm excited about. I think that there are a few different themes. Um, so uh, one theme is kind of this idea of like the blockchain as a new database. Mm -hmm. um, I think that what's really exciting about this space is not this idea of what people call permissioned or private blockchains. I feel like that's kind of stuff we've known how to do for a very long amount of time. Yeah. Like what's really exciting is when you mix the currency into the model and, mm -hmm. and we're talking about this like whole new system that's totally open and anyone can participate but, in. But, so. but, but I, I want to just, yeah. you, you, we've talked about this, but yeah. like everybody wants to blockchain everything. Like yeah. and, and everybody says, oh, it's not about the current, it's not about the coin, but, but it is kind of about the it's coin, about right? The because coin. Yeah. You don't, no one, as far as I understand, and you correct me if I'm wrong, is there isn't, at least a viable distributed consensus system that isn't proof of work that requires something like Bitcoin so far, right? I mean, there, yeah. there, there are theories of like proof of, um, you know, stake and, and consensus yeah. models like, like Stellar that, but, but they're based, they're no longer completely decentralized, right? Yeah. So that's, that's the way people describe them. I mean, definitely nothing exists at Bitcoin scale except mm -hmm. for Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, but I, I think really, like, if you, if you look at it from a computer science perspective, what was novel in the Bitcoin space was this idea of using rationality to secure the system. So Bitcoin is about the fact that the people participating want to make money. Mm -hmm. And if you want to compromise the system, you have to spend a lot of money. And that kind of model I haven't seen in distributed systems before. I mean, it's kind of been, like, touched on a little bit, but, like, it's the first time that I've really seen these two things married. Mm -hmm. And in order for it to be about rationality, it's got to be about money. And that means there's a currency. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th I think we're still, and I said this in the TED Talk, we're still so, we're still at the beginning of the space. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really funny. Like, I read stuff online. It's like, it's been seven years. Why don't we have, like, the killer apps yet? And it's like, mm -hmm. we are still at the beginning of understanding this technology, understanding the possibilities, trying to figure out what to do. Like, I think this is the way you describe it. We have to like build out the layers, right? Yeah. And we're still building out the lower layers. And, and, yeah, and I feel like we're, to use the metaphor that I often like to use, is that people are investing like it's 1996 yeah. after the you know, Netscape, but I feel like it's like 1990 before we have ISPs yeah. or Cisco, right? Yeah. And so so we don't, I, I think it's, it's really, I wouldn't, well, I guess I would call it dangerous. I mean, I think there's, there's two things. I think we haven't really figured it out. Now, having said that, People who built things like AOL and others survived when mm -hmm. they just swapped out IP with other things, but they didn't survive well. They had to yeah. dump a bunch of their stuff on, in their stack, right? And and I think right now, like if you look at Hyperledger and Brian Bellendorf's thing, mm -hmm. I, I think he's really smart because it looks like they have a bunch of pieces in the stack, but he's betting on them separately. Mm -hmm. He's not like they're not all bundled together. So, all together. So if it turns out to be Bitcoin, that's fine for most of what's working. And so so it's kind of a, a portfolio play. And I think for us at MIT, it's sort of like that too. I mean, we all disagree on yeah. almost everything. And so some of us are 
you know, really into Bitcoin. Yeah. Some some people want to work on Ethereum. Some other people want to work on different things. Yeah. And sort of at every layer, I think we have different things. But I think it's okay. That it is we, okay. We, yeah. We have, and it's important to like recognize what works about one system and yeah. what doesn't work and yeah. kind of, you know, be willing to pick and choose between them. I mean, my journey has been really interesting. Um, I thought, I thought Bitcoin was like really overly complicated and I was like, there must be a simpler way to do this. And I've kind of come back around full circle, like diving into Bitcoin and starting to learn why it is the way it is, has been mm -hmm. really valuable. And mm -hmm. I think that those lessons are going to be really important. You can't just dismiss everything we're learning from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think part of it is how do you convey those things because I'm not going to name names but I mean I think there are some people in Bitcoin core who kind of feel like well everybody will come around eventually let's just keep working <laughs> and like we don't really need to communicate now there's some who feel like no if we don't communicate you know we'll have wars we'll have drama we'll have attrition mm -hmm. you know and so let's 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 do that um, but you know like if you look at the DAO you mm -hmm. know and this is the distributor autonomous was it Organization. organizations yeah. that had this meltdown it kind of melted down in the way that a lot of the you know, Bitcoin people said stuff like that might melt down if it's not well designed. And it was an expensive thing, yeah. but it sort of, in in retrospect, it's like, well, you actually didn't need to argue it because it happened. It, it happened, it, yeah. It showed what the risks were of having a, a programming language that wasn't designed properly. Yeah, right? that, that wasn't designed, I call them like people who are super paranoid about security. Like, mm -hmm. that's what you want, I think, at the core of the, you know, the group building this system, is you want people who are super paranoid about yeah. security. And, um, you know, it was, it was interesting. So I'm, I'm doing this residency right now, kind of diving deep into Bitcoin, mm -hmm. which is really exciting because I hadn't really gotten to play with the code very much, and mm -hmm. now I'm getting more familiar with it. And, you know, I asked, like, one of the people um, who's teaching it, why haven't there been more hacks against all these other currencies mm -hmm. and altcoins and systems? And, you know, he, he raised the point that, like, there are all these security holes um, but it takes time to find them mm -hmm. and right now the balance is so that it's not necessarily worth it to spend that time to yeah, find them but that doesn't mean that it won't become worth it in the future and so we need to be paranoid and really careful like yeah. just because we haven't seen exploits doesn't mean they're not possible they're gonna and, and some of my best security friends have just not been interested in Bitcoin yet just partially because there's no money in it but it's mm. partially because I mean you know they just don't feel like it's ready to be fully yeah fully audited and, and I think it's what's interesting is you know you've got cryptographers and you have people who think about threats so it's not like there aren't people who think about security but the traditional hardcore you know security sort of people. you know yeah. exploit people they're, they're they're not all over it yeah you know? and, and and some of the people who were are kind of a backed away so so that I think I think that is that is a risk um, I think also uh, you know a lot of the people who are in the computer science of things like distributed systems and cryptography I think what's cool about Bitcoin is that it's happened mostly without that much academic yeah. input, right? Yeah. And I was talking to somebody at a central bank who was like, well, we've talked about this stuff theoretically for years, but somebody just did it. Yeah. So now we actually have to pay attention, and it actually gives us nerds inside of these institutions a lot of credibility to say, look, they're doing it on the outside. Yeah. So, so I think the fact that it's you know it's running code yeah. is like hugely important. Yeah. And I think what our initiative is trying to do is to try to sort of sh shake some of the academics and say, hey, they're, they're here. Yeah, you know, and, uh, there are really interesting problems here. I think that's that's so true. A lot of computer scientists I talked to thought for a long time, there's just nothing new about Bitcoin. There's nothing interesting about yeah. it. But I think that um, it, the fact that it exists is what's interesting. Right. It's kind of giving you an you excuse paper, to do a bunch of stuff. If you read the paper, 
it's all just stuff cobbled together that already existed, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I think that's was one of the mistakes that a lot of academics made that I know. They just read the paper and they're like, well, I, I, I wouldn't give this kid a PhD. Right? <laughs> but the fact that it actually works and has yeah. billions of dollars, that's, yeah. that's what's cool about it. Yeah, and I mean, it's been modified over time. It's not mm -hmm. like exactly the way that it was in the paper, but um, but the fact that it exists kind of gives people a vehicle to talk about these ideas they've just been kicking around theoretically, yeah. and now they can actually, like, we can think about them in practice. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really exciting, yeah. I think it's going to, I mean, money is just going to change completely. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> tell, so tell me about the project. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so we started with this, uh, with this kind of, like, idea of um, thinking about the blockchain is applied to the database world and I come from the database world so I was interested in that and we have um, some projects like the open music initiative where we're kind of thinking about applying the technology in a fairly straightforward way but you know it's a good use case so that's kind of like one thing um, another thing that I'm really excited about is thinking about uh, decentralized monetary policy mm -hmm. and kind of like okay so we've got this cryptocurrency Bitcoin has a release schedule um, but let's look at what central banks do and let's look at how central banks do monetary policy mm -hmm. and let's think about doing that in these systems because the role that they play is actually really important. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny, we had some conversations with some people from um, a central bank and we're like, how does this work? How do you guys decide, mm -hmm. you know, what the new interest rate is going to be and, 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 you know, what you're going to do? And it turns out it's a whole bunch of really smart people like nine people who are who have like PhDs and are from really amazing schools and whatnot get together in a room and just kind of like make a decision and that's how it works mm -hmm. and there's no I mean that kind of blew my mind that that's <laughs> and, and, and I think for me that the, 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 the what's important and what I would like to see is that um, right now Bitcoin's early enough that it's malleable it's mm -hmm. kind of like we haven't decided on IPv4 yet mm -hmm. and we have the opportunity to build in things that, like, just just use internet metaphors, but like, like re realize that there's going to be spam and build it into the email um, <laughs> you know, protocol, or realize we're going to run out of addresses and start with IPv6. Yeah, you know, there's there's a bunch of things that we might be able to design in because once it's widely deployed, it gets harder and harder to change. And I think the other thing is, you know, like even things like for me, anti-money laundering law and like KYC, you know your customer. Those are really stupid laws to try to deploy directly into mm -hmm. Bitcoin. It's kind of like, okay, what is it that these guys want to do? What is it that we want to protect? And can we somehow build a set of laws and a build a bunch of technologies that, that somehow get do both, right? right? And I think what it is is it's the lawyers and the policy guys. And I know a lot of the Bitcoin people who are watching this are going to hate that I even mention talking to policy people, but, but I think that if they, if, if the lawyers understand the technology enough to be able to say, can you try this, can you do that, and the technology people realize what the lawyers are trying to do, I mean, like, Madaris is on here, so he, you know, he's got zero-knowledge proofs. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it may be that, actually, you could give people a certain amount of what they need using zero-knowledge proof, but right. if they don't know that zero-knowledge proofs exist, they yeah. won't know to, to think ask about for them. it. Yeah. And I think that that kind of sort of bilateral communication in the early phase is really important to not end up with some funky government approved system 
that doesn't have any privacy, yeah. and then a really private one that the government doesn't accept. So, that's so, my fear. So that's the third area that I'm really excited about, is this privacy stuff. And mm -hmm. I think this is really important because like, as more and more governments and banks and um, companies are jumping on this train, mm -hmm. we need to make sure that they, that it's built the right way from the ground up, right? Mm -hmm. And like right now, you know, you mentioned like zero knowledge proofs, like this stuff is all still being evaluated and figured out. It's very much in the research stage, but we need to start playing around. And so I'm really interested in working on projects that can preserve privacy while at the same time allowing governments to audit things that they should be able to audit or mm -hmm. allowing people to prove that, you know, they actually have the money that they say that they do, um, things like that. Like, can we do that in a privacy preserving way? Like mm -hmm. you can prove that you have access to funds without revealing all of the money that you have. And so stuff like that, I think is really powerful and can help preserve freedom. So because like one of my worries is we're all talking about Bitcoin and digital currencies helping the unbanked. Right. And the problem is that if you do it in a default way, it's going to be really easy to see what people are doing. Yeah. And so they won't have privacy. And you know, and 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 because and that's also one of the big mistakes I think people think just because criminals can use Bitcoin, they somehow a lot of people think that Bitcoin by its nature has privacy. It yeah, doesn't. Right? I, know. I mean, this the minute the minute yeah, I mean, you can do <laughs> pattern analysis. There's yeah. a whole bunch of stuff you can yeah. do. With it. And so I'm worried that we deploy, you know. Bitcoin or version of Bitcoin for the unbanked, but then they lose all their privacy, right. and 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 especially in political situations, you know, you're, you're, if you follow the money, you can yeah. see what people are doing. Right? I know it's so it's actually really dangerous. Like a lot of people are like, why don't we have electronic voting yet? Let's have electronic voting. It'll be so awesome. And it's like, you know. Right now, it's really, really hard for Russia to hack our voting system because we have, it's like this paper thing, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's paper. You literally get a piece of paper and you write on a piece of paper. And if it were all electronic, like, you, you have to be really careful. Well, I think you can't do it. I mean, I, and, and this is Ron Reves, one of his things. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have yet to hear a convincing argument of, of how you can actually do electronic voting because there's a bunch of problems with it, yeah. right? Because you can't see what's going on. Yeah. If somebody messes with the codes because the paper human beings can audit it's really and it hard just, to like, hack slows everything down like it takes yeah. time you have to be physically there to look at the paper right. you can't do it remotely from like a country away yeah, yeah and that but, stuff is um but but and we've security. seen people get well first of all with zero days yeah there's almost no way you can make a completely unhackable thing yeah and if it's hacked if it's a computer there's really no way for you to actually verify that the vote got counted the way you think, right? Yeah. And then, and then later, there's if the data gets screwed up, there's nothing that you can. I mean, basically, for the, for, for for real as well as for human beings, it's it's very very hard to audit. Yeah. Computerized well, system. a big yeah. problem is that when people do come up with algorithms for like, oh yeah, we can prove that your vote wasn't counted in this total or that someone tampered with the total, they're relying on the fact that every user has like public a public private key pair that they're and they're keeping the private key secret and they're not going to lose it and it's not going to get compromised and there are all these assumptions that are totally not true like right now password security is terrible like people lose their passwords all the time passwords are published all over the internet it's pretty easy to like call up somebody and socially engineer your way into resetting their password and when you start to deal with things like public private key pairs and you bring photography into the situation, it's like we don't even know how to think about keys, right? And so that makes everything like so much more complicated. And, and you're assuming that, that the bad guys are pretty passive. I mean, the, 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 the problem with voting and things like that, especially in certain countries, it's violence, right? And so, yeah. you know, you can have a password, but if somebody, like one of my, one of my, um, 
researchers' friends, Basil, is in prison and possibly dead. And the first thing they did when they um, caught him is they tortured him and took his Gmail and his um, Facebook password. Wow. So it doesn't matter if you have a password if they can yeah. take it. And then once they take it, they can see everything, right? And, yeah. and, and, so, and that's the same problem with, with voting is if you can see what somebody's vote is, you can coerce them with a gun or whatever, yeah. or, or violence, uh, you know, yeah. threats to their family. So, so it's, I guess the point is it's complicated, yeah. and I think every, just making it digital doesn't work. And I think also the, the balance between privacy and security on, 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 on the blockchain is going to be one of those things where um, I think there's an you know, opportunity to do it right, but you really have to understand the technology and, and Jeremy uses this metaphor, which I like, which is like right now, it's kind of like for the technical people, it's like putty. Mm -hmm. You can make it into anything you want. For some of the engineers who don't understand the core technology, it's like Legos, mm -hmm. where they're trying to snap it together to make something. And a year from now, two years from now, it's going to be more like a dollhouse. You mm -hmm. either buy it or you don't. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's the, the ability to make it do what you want is fairly high right now, but it continues to get harder and harder as the chunks get turned into black boxes and locked in, I think. Yeah, and I think we need more, we just need more people thinking about it and learning and working on it. Um, you know, you, the privacy stuff, like I think fungibility is going to be the next big thing mm -hmm. that people think about, which is like this idea, um, do you think people know fung yeah, fungibility is? Okay, that. fungibility is this idea that, um, you know, uh, a coin is a coin is a coin, you can't, you can't track coins, you know, you can't tell one coin from another, so coins can't have different values. Uh, like dollars are pretty fungible. Um, Bitcoins right now are not fungible. Um, you know, I mean, they're not perfectly fungible. And so, if but you know, you want them to be perfectly fungible, so you can't do tracking. So you can't say, hey, these coins came from this person that I don't like, and so I'm not going to use those, and mm -hmm. I'm going to cut them out of the system. Like you, you don't want to be able to do that. Um, and so I think you know, I hear a lot of people talking about fungibility right now. Um, I'm on. Uh, the program committee of this uh, workshop coming up in October, Scaling Bitcoin, which mm -hmm. has kind of become the yep. place where people get together and talk about like the next thing that people are going to work on. And, you know, definitely there's a little bit about fungibility being presented there or proposals for fungibility. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to be really important. It's going to be the next big thing. And like speaking of which, it's it's very interesting. I think the Bitcoin developers and, you know, the Ethereum developers, like every cryptocurrency developer, they have these values mm -hmm. that they've kind of internalized and, and also as a community that they all hold, right? Mm -hmm. And those values aren't necessarily articulated outside the community, but they're kind of there. And it's like, these are the things we want to preserve in our software architecture. And mm -hmm. these are the things we don't worry about so much. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how those get articulated. Because like Ethereum with the DAO, it's very clear that Ethereum is much more willing to experiment, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're willing to just, you know, try things out and if they break, oh well, we'll fix it, we'll do it later. And with Bitcoin, they're all about like preserving the security and safety of the system. And, and if you remember the early days of the internet, or even pre-internet, you had like BitNet, which was kind of somewhat centralized and it yeah. actually didn't survive as the main email protocol, even though that was the biggest for a while. And then you had like Delphi and you had all these different services. The centralized ones didn't do that well. Um, and we had like Token Ring and we had, you know, we had all of these different network protocols. And, and, and part of it was just luck and part of it was the, 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 the design based on some fairly serious um, opinions about end-to-end -end principles, mm -hmm. about, you know, a stupid network. And, and, and I think that in not all cases, but most cases, the protocols that stuck to some really basic core principles are the ones that won. 
the ones that got too clever yeah. um, tended to fail because you know it might be really optimal for this, but it wasn't as broadly applicable. And I think that you know this principle of decentralization, the thing that you, you just mentioned, which I think is really important and it's really different from the internet, which is you you're dealing with with money and value, and you're dealing with systems that you can't easily roll back. So it's yeah. not like a um, release early, release often thing. It really is a slow, methodical well-tested thing. It's more like the evolution of cryptography yeah. than it is the evolution of the internet from a programming language security perspective. And I think that's the biggest difference. And I think people, I think there's a lot of parallels with the internet because it is a network with a network effect. But the way that the architecture works is really different. And the importance of things like the consensus process are really important. And those, I think, are different, um, how, would you, how would you put it? I mean, they're, they're a different expertise yeah. that some of the Bitcoin and digital currency people have, but it's not a common expertise, right? And I mean, you do distributed systems. And yeah. you, you work with that kind yeah. of stuff, like yeah. the Byzantine Generals and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how many people are in that space? Is that a... Oh, it's not a big space, space, yeah. But is it... But is it but does it? Are you guys connected with the Bitcoin digital uh, currency community? I think it's starting to. Yeah, I see some researchers from that space. Old, right? Yeah, there are some researchers from that space who are like, "Hey, what's going on here? This is an interesting application of this technology," and mm -hmm. it's kind of starting to come together. I mean, I think one thing we need in the Bitcoin space is like more formal models. We have the tools to analyze what's going on. Yeah. Um, right now. You know, no one's proved Bitcoin works. So, so, you think, so, so formal proofs, you think, yeah. could be interesting. Yeah, or at least like a bit more form, like not all the way, but yeah. like a bit more of a rigorous understanding of the properties of the system, the invariance. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying that de developers don't have that. It's just that like no one's been able. You know, we don't have the equivalent of like all this like decades of distributed algorithms work in the Bitcoin field because it's like a slightly different model. Mm -hmm. And so we got to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And um, and and we will like it'll happen. People will figure this out. Um, it's just going to take some time. And and then we'll have. Have a better idea of like exactly what kinds of compromises can happen, what's likely, what's not, um, and we can fix them hopefully. But um, but yeah, the the consensus protocol thing, it's just it all really comes down to money, you know. Like when you're when you're thinking about money, we better all be using the same money, you know. Like we better all be on the same page with what that money is mm -hmm. and how it works and what it means. And so that's why it's different than the internet. I think mm -hmm. you can't kind of like go off and do your own thing if you mm -hmm. want to be able to trade. Mm -hmm. And spend money. So is that so? You're gonna are you gonna bring these communities together and? That's why I thought it was so exciting. I mean, I, I yeah, I would love to like help do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. So so and, and where are you doing this? Are you can you talk about where you're doing this? Yeah, the, yeah the, sure. The, why not? The, uh, so residency? I'm so yeah. I'm doing the residency at this uh, small startup called Chaincode Labs, which has. Bitcoin developers, people mm -hmm. who just work on the open source Bitcoin code. It's Alex time. Marcos. Thing, Alex right? Marcos and Suhas Doctor. Um, okay. And what happened was they, uh, a, another Bitcoin developer came over and is running this residency. And so there are four of us who are residents mm -hmm. and it's awesome. It's just like this brain dump from their brains to ours of like all that they've learned and, um, and you know, just how the code works, how the process of even getting code into Bitcoin works, mm -hmm. um, what what they think is important, like how to think about things, uh, how to navigate the code base. And so that's been really, really helpful for understanding. Yeah, because mm -hmm. there's so much to learn. There just yeah. is so much. Yeah, and, and the thing about Bitcoin, which I find perplexing, is that there are no RFCs. There are no mm -hmm. documents about I mean, the code itself the code is, is the protocol, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and so you kind of have to learn the code. Yeah. And it seems like and I, I'm not, I'm not in the code, but it's, it sounds like you really have different people who know different chunks of the code, and it's really kind of this 
um, yeah. somewhat of a social process of getting to your head around the code and that you actually benefit from having a lot of people around you. Oh, that, totally. That you it, need right? to be able to talk to people and like pitch your stupid idea at them and have them tell you why it's a stupid idea because they thought about mm-hmm. it two years ago. And, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it makes sense. And, and that's why I think the community part is important. And I think whether we're talking about academics and, 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 and I do feel like there aren't that many people in the world that understand this full stack and, you know, all the fighting has just, I think, hurt the yeah. communication. And, you know, and I, I think it's okay to have different people experimenting with Ethereum and other things because those are ideas that maybe, you know, it could be that Bitcoin becomes one of those. I don't think the Bitcoin core people think that. <laughs> or it could be that ideas that we learn here get pulled into the Bitcoin core. But I think any of these ideas are, inter- even the DAO, I think, was an interesting and valuable lesson yeah. that we learned a lot about. And yeah. I bet if we had just theorized it, we wouldn't know as much today than having something that we can actually look at and say, oh, here are the five other things that we would now know that I mean, happened, I think right? the DAO made it really clear that the programming language and making sure that you can't shoot yourself in the foot is critical. Mm-hmm. And then we need to think about that a lot more. And and the two communities do influence each other, yeah. even if they don't want to admit it. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of, yeah. like, you know, flow across the two of them. So, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, so I think I think our, our role, and hopefully we're, we're, we're doing a decent job, maybe we'll do better, <laughs> is, is to be a neutral and diverse platform. Yeah. I don't think that... DCI or the Digital Currency Initiative should have its like a single opinion um, mm-hmm. on anything. I think we should have a lot of people. Um, hopefully, even if they they disagree, at least they're saying smart things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think what's important is I think we just need to start building stuff. And yeah. so I think we should also use this as an opportunity to call for anyone at MIT or anywhere else who wants yeah. to work with us. Um, come to our meetings. Absolutely. Um, we should start streaming. I think more of our internal conversations too. Yeah. Where we're, we're brainstorming. Um, you know, uh, I would love to do that. I mean, it took us, I think it took us a while to get up to a place where we feel comfortable now. I mm-hmm. mean, a little bit more comfortable with everything, the terminology, the space, the, mm-hmm. the, the trade-offs. But now I think we're in a place where we can have that conversation and we can help other people take that journey as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to write a, a, a blog post and I'll put this video in and awesome. I'll put some comments. But if anybody watching this now or seeing this later has any questions or comments, yeah that I can put into the blog post. Where just, should they just, leave they it? They can just put it in the comments of this video. Awesome. Um, and uh, and you're linked here so they can send you messages on Facebook as well, I suppose. Perfect. So, yeah. well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Joey. Thanks for I'm doing this. This was fun. <laughs> awesome.